if you look at everything in the universe, everything births from darkness. A seed in the soil, the stars in the sky, a child in the womb, everything is birthed through those places. When we look at our darkness as equal to our light, that's when transformation can begin because one cannot exist without the other. I always like to say like when your heart is broken, that's a portal that's opening, like a heartbreak, a breakup, anything that is like a heartache is a break free. You're opening up that portal. But a lot of us, we really attach to the experiences, which at the end of the day, we are humans and we are experiencing it. But are we viewing this as positive or negative or an opportunity to somehow expand knowing that it is here for your expansion? Remind yourself that the struggle is temporary and just because something didn't go the way that you had planned doesn't always necessarily mean that your time was wasted. You're listening to Unsweetened and Unfiltered, the podcast, episode one of season three. We are opening the new season as well as the new year with Sarah Lucchetti. She's here to talk about letting go of the things and sometimes the people we are not meant to hold on to, how we are more than what we see and what truly stands between us and our happiness. The concept of time is so interesting to me. As I sit here speaking into the mic and as you tune in while you're either driving, working out, or taking a break for yourself, seconds are passing us by, one by one, fleeting, one after the other. You may have felt a bit of anxiety as I was saying this, but I can't help but to think that isn't this the purpose of life? Don't we need to be constantly propelled forward to bring us closer and closer to what's truly meant for us? I used to dwell so much on the time I had wasted in my younger years. Let's say, for example, a certain relationship that I still have nightmares about to this day. It's almost as if I was more angry about the years that were invested or wasted, however you want to look at it, rather than what I had actually endured in that relationship. It's like I had this secret battle, but also an obsession with time. I tried my hardest to move against it, wanting the clock to just stop, stop ticking. But for what? Then I realized it's because I never made amends with what I had gone through in my past. I suppressed it all, from the negative experiences to the traumatic events that took place and to any emotion I tried to hide from others. I so desperately wanted to go back in time and fix every one of my so-called mistakes. I wanted a do-over and I constantly obsessed over it. Maybe if I had done X, Y, and Z, then this wouldn't have happened. Maybe if I didn't say hello to this person, then I wouldn't have ever gone through what I did. But when I started to work with time, when I started to move alongside it and not against it, I found myself on a journey that my soul had been longing for their journey of healing and self-forgiveness. I realized it's not the events that I wanted a do-over for. It was absurd thought that I could actually rewind time and fix everything. Everything as in the things I had actually no control over. Now that's what you call time wasted. You may be going through the most difficult part of your life right now, but if only you knew that this moment right here is what you need in order to transform into a version of yourself that you had only dreamed of. I used to think that the worst part about being strong is that no one truly knows you're hurting deep inside. But how could I have forgotten that Allah was there the entire time, the most important element of my life, God himself? And that's all that matters. If you are appreciative of the woman you are today, shouldn't you give credit to the past experiences you have lived through? Maybe not the experience itself, but the version of you that was able to overcome everything that tried to break you. I couldn't think of a better way to kickstart the new season than to sit with my friend Sarah Lucchetti to discuss all things related to our transformational journey or, as Sarah would like to call it, our rebirth. 
Once you listen to the episode, you'll understand why I have such a deep appreciation for her. We will be discussing the journey back to self, the concept of feeling trapped, how to embrace the dark moments of our life, and how to navigate relationships with others. Let's dive in. Thank you so much, Sarah, for joining me today. I'm excited for this conversation. You know, I was reading something that you had written about like us being spiritual beings, just having a human experience. And I'm like, that sounds so simply put and I love it, but I know it's very complex and I can't wait to talk about just who we are, you know, the new year, new me phase, I guess you can call it. And just like, you know, talking about our insecurities, the journey back to ourselves. I think that's such an important journey and even just having a relationship with ourselves, which kind of almost is a foundation when it comes to the relationships we have with others. So if you can introduce yourself, because I'm really excited to talk to you about this and just to kick off the new season with an episode, obviously putting ourselves in the forefront. Yeah, thank you so much. And thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited and honored to be a part of the podcast. Just going off of what you said right at the beginning is if you look at the way the world is, everything in this world is energy, absolutely everything. So if we take that concept and we apply it to ourselves, we recognize that we are not a human, but instead we're a spiritual being having a human experience. And I guess that's how I'll introduce myself is I am Sarah Lucchetti and at the end of the day, I am human. And I don't like to define myself. I don't like to put myself in boxes. So we're just going to keep it really, really simple. I am an intuitive healer. And by that and with that, I work with energy. I speak energy. Energy is my language. I see energy. I read energy. I connect to energy. Um, And in that, that's what has allowed me to be who I am today, tapping into what is beyond this physical experience and what is deeper within ourselves. I think that's such a beautiful way to start this conversation. Honestly, like when we were on the phone, we were really chatty, but I still feel like this calm aura when I'm talking to you and just the way you are and everything. And I feel like, you know, this is a conversation that I find it super important, especially to open up the new year with. And I think sometimes, you know, we tend to wait for the new year to change. And I think that, you know, there's there's pros and cons with that. But I feel like it's hard to say new year, new me. And I think that's a phase that we've all heard before. And it's like, you don't wake up overnight now you're a brand new person, you've completely changed. And I feel like, you know, when in regards to who we are and stuff like that, I think it has a lot to do with what we're holding on to. That's what really defines us is things that we're truly trying to hold on to and some things we're not meant to hold on to. So how do we go about letting go of things that are not serving us, beliefs, and and there's certain negative thoughts and perceptions of us? How do we let go of all that? Especially if we do want to start the new year on the right foot, if we are, you know, technically waiting for the new year to change? I have one word for you. And the one word is acceptance. It's accepting those negative thoughts. It's, it's accepting our beliefs. It's accepting because in acceptance, we cannot let go of something until we accept it. We cannot accept something until we forgive ourselves for whatever it is that we're not forgiving ourselves for, right? Because most of the time, it's an internal conflict within ourselves. When these negative thoughts arise, we judge them as opposed to just, okay, where did, where is this coming from? Is this mine? Is this someone else's? Where is this belief system coming from, right? So like when we come look back at the word acceptance, it's accepting all of our phases. And with that, I wanted to kind of get into, because you mentioned, you know, new year, new me. 
And it makes me think about the moon cycles. A lot of people do moon rituals. Like when it's a full moon, they focus on releasing. On a new moon, they focus on calling things in. However, you can do that every single day. It doesn't need to be a new year. It doesn't need to be a certain moon cycle in order to start doing these practices. At the end of the day, life is about consistently doing these practices, consistently looking at your life, looking at the things that are working for you and the things that are not, and detaching from those spaces. Because detachment is really discernment. Detachment is recognizing this is no longer serving me. This is serving me. So I'm going to let go of this so I can step into this because you can't step into something that is more aligned if you're still holding on to what is no longer aligned. I always say, especially to clients, is you can desire something, but you need to make space for it first. You need to align to that desire before you can attract that desire. So the one word is coming back into acceptance. It's accepting every part about you, the good, the bad, the ugly. It's looking at yourself honestly. That's where you start. You have to look at yourself honestly, right? Is recognizing, oh, when I say this thing, that's actually coming from a wound and I'm seeking validation. That's recognizing, oh, that pattern that I have now adopted is uh, related to that need for external validation. So what do I need to do within myself in order to rework that belief, to rework that pattern? And that's coming back into a space of, I accept that I'm seeking validation outside of myself. And I recognize that the only validation I need is my own. Rewiring the mind, right? Because we recognize that most of the time we're taking in information from our external world and adopting it as our own, as opposed to going within ourselves to recognize our own patterns, questioning, is this something I truly believe? Because a lot of the times we all, every single one of us struggles with not being enough. We feel like we are not enough. Where did we learn that from? Who taught us that? We have forgotten our own power. We have forgotten our own sovereignty that we are responsible for how we feel in every and all situations. And once we can take our power back and recognize that I am responsible for how I feel, then you start to look at yourself honestly and recognize, oh, that pattern and that pattern and that belief. And then you start to recognize that, oh, that's my mom's belief that I've adopted as my own or that's society's belief that I've adopted as my own. And then you start to say, that doesn't resonate with me. So what is the belief that I do resonate with? And if we look at the... I don't know why that felt called to come out about validation. And, you know, at the end of the day, like, I know I'm enough and I know that I'm powerful. And all those other thoughts in my head that tell me that I'm not are just thoughts and they're not who I truly am because the voice of my soul, the voice of my heart is a voice of sweet, sweet love notes. It's not one that's trying to tear me down. That's resistance. That's the inner critic. So what voice are you listening to? What beliefs are you listening to? Are they yours or are they someone else's? Do they resonate with you or do they not? So to answer your question, really, it's going back to looking at yourself honestly and accepting everything about yourself to then be able to forgive those spaces because you can't forgive something or you can't let go of something until you accept that thing. That was so beautifully put, Sarah. There was a lot of thoughts that were going through my mind. I feel like we shame ourselves and put ourselves down to get to that better version of ourselves. And it's like, how does that even make sense? How do you hate yourself into becoming the version that you're going to one day love? We should always be in the process of loving ourselves and being very kind and compassionate towards ourselves. And I think that's something that, you know, from time to time I used to struggle with, but it's true. A lot of these thoughts I hold are not even my own. So imagine myself feeding myself this verbal abuse daily 
And it's just, it's not right. And you know, something that comes to mind, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Yasmin Cheyenne, and she said something along the lines of, I can grow even if the people around me aren't ready to. And I think that's so powerful because oftentimes who we surround ourselves with can really impact who we are. And she says something also along the lines of, they're not stopping me. I'm the one stopping myself. I'm the one stopping myself from my personal growth journey. And I feel like sometimes it's it's not who you are in this moment that's holding you back. It's more so what you think you're not. And I think that's something that, you know, I'm always putting myself down in regards to like, oh, I should be, I should be at this point in my life. I should be doing this in my life right now, but I'm not. And and, and you start going through this cycle of almost like self-loathing. And it's just like, how do we get ourselves out of that cycle? I, I love the idea of accepting who we are 100% fully, but it's like, we need to also love who we are when it comes to the work in progress that we're in. I think oftentimes it's like, we're just looking at point A and point B. We're at point A and I need to get to point B, but it's like, we completely just like miss the whole middle part, the journey. The journey in itself is the most beautiful part. It's the journey that shapes you and and makes you who you are and who you want to one day truly be. Can we talk about this work in progress journey and what are some ways that we can be a little bit more kinder and compassionate and maybe even at times patient with ourselves, patient with who we're going to become one day? Yeah, it's funny because if we look at our essence of humans, we are primal. And if you look at animals, they're primal as well. Patience is not something that we are naturally good at. (laughs) Patience is a skill. And if you can master patience, it's the same like resilience. It's the same as strength. If you can really master patience, then there's nothing you can't do. A lot of us believe that we're only worthy when we're productive. We're only worthy when we're achieving, when we're succeeding. And a lot of us look at success um, as something that's quantifiable, right? So I used to see success as how much money I'm making, how many assets I have, like what clothes I was wearing, whatever it might be. But now for me, success is happiness, it's joy, it's peace. It has nothing to do with physical manifestations outside of myself. It has everything to do with me. That's what success means to me. And I truly believe that from this space, then the monetary abundance will be mirrored and reflected back to me because I'm so abundant without that. I'm so abundant within myself. I wanted to touch on one thing that you said too about the people around us. That's a very, very big thing because the people around you are either going to support you or inhibit you. And we can't blame the people around us, but we have to, again, look at ourselves and be honest with ourselves and recognize, is this person that... I've been friends with for 10 years, still serving me? Or are we no longer a vibrational match? At the end of the day, when you start to detach from things, like you have to be honest with yourself. And detachment is an expansion of discernment. And discernment says, I know what is right for me. Therefore, I know it's okay to separate myself, to leave things behind that no longer resonate or are no longer a part of my identity. But for us, the reason why we attach to things, whether it be people thoughts, beliefs, is because it has become a part of our identity. And it's just simply an attachment. That's all it is. It's the human attachment to a person. Like we can get really caught up in that. It's like when you look at a relationship, like you know that you're not happy anymore, that what you desire in love is no longer being near to you, but you stay because of your attachment to the person. Meanwhile, your heart knows, I want more. I want something different. I want someone more aligned, not that the person was better or worse, but you want someone better for you. But it's our attachment that makes us stay. Same with our beliefs. Like the mind, the mind likes to be safe. 
So anything that is deemed unsafe to the mind is going to keep us small and keep us within those attachments because stepping out of those attachments means turmoil or discomfort. But how do we grow? We can only grow through being uncomfortable. It's about becoming comfortable with being uncomfortable. That's how we grow. But going back to how you were saying, like, how do we love ourselves? Like we have this idea, we have this idea in our mind of our best self, our highest self, our most happy or most fulfilled self. And we think because we're stuck in this linear mindset that this self is over there, right? It's like 10 miles away. Meanwhile, they're right here, right here, right now. But are you choosing to embody that? Because if you are choosing to embody that, if that is your intent, like I'm going to embody my highest self, unafraid, unapologetically, that means letting go of the things that are not aligned with your higher self, right? And one of those things is feeling that you are only worthy when you are being productive. And then that brings me into goals. Goals are amazing tools. Those help us hit our targets. They help us stay aligned. They help us stay on path. However, a lot of us get stuck in I'm going to make these goals. And once I get that goal, I'm going to be happy. Then we achieve that goal. And then the process starts again. So we're never happy because we're always reaching and reaching and reaching. I'm not going to be happy until I get this house. I'm not going to be happy until I find this lover. I'm not going to be happy until I have my kids and my family. Do you see how backwards that is? We have to be happy right here, right now. We need to love every version of ourselves because how do you, how do you embody your higher self? It's loving every part of you, every aspect of yourself that has allowed you to be where you are today, because everything you have experienced is only preparing you for everything to come. So everything has been a gift. Everything has been a blessing. If we allow ourselves to see it, when we get stuck in the emotional turmoil of things, we're not allowing ourselves to see the lesson. Because the lesson is really the blessing, because everything is an opportunity to expand. I, I love that. Just the idea of our transformational period in our lives where we're becoming what we want to become. It, it's just, it's a beautiful process if you allow it to be. Like you said, you have to be fluid. You you don't know what's going to happen to you. You don't know what the process consists of. At the end of the day, we have limited knowledge. There's only so much that we know. You know, there's a higher being, there's God that knows truly what you need in order to grow, what you need in order to become the person that you want to become. And I'm excited to talk about your own rebirth process, because I think we all go through our own transformational periods. But I think it's just so interesting to listen to somebody else's because there's always similarities between everybody's experiences, everybody's struggles. It's so important to talk about our rebirth process, because I feel like there's always a marker in our lives the the before and then there's the after and there's always that one occasion that happens in our lives one event that completely transforms us or at least pushes us onto our transformational period in our lives can we talk about your rebirth process and how that went and was it something you were prepared for i mean technically i think i feel like we're always kind of prepared it's just our own self doubts that inhibit us and and make us second guess ourselves and the journey in itself I love that you said that because I wrote in my journal this morning. Oh, nice. Because I've been feeling this past month that nothing's been making sense. And as I was writing in my journal, like the last thing I wrote was nothing makes sense because I'm becoming born anew again. And life is a cycle of death and rebirth. 
we are always, parts of us are dying, parts of us are rebirthing. So I just had that beautiful like realization in this moment. Like I did have a very big rebirth, but I'm constantly rebirthing because I'm allowing myself to. I'm letting go of what's no longer serving me constantly. I am allowing myself to open up to new opportunities, to open up to new perspectives, to new experiences, because ultimately that's how I learn. I learn through experiences. You can throw me in a classroom. I've, I've always been an academic, did well in school. However, the school system, not for me. I don't have a standardized, standardized brain and most of us don't. For me, I learn through experiences. So me deeming an experience positive or negative is me being stuck in a 3D physical mindset. Once I move past that, this was bad, this was good, then the lesson appears. And I recognize, oh, this was just an experience. This just is. So when you start to allow yourself to really move through your experiences from a third-party perspective, from a space of non-attachment, then you start to allow the cycles of death and rebirth to move through you as you move with them, as opposed to resisting them and restricting them. A vision I always get when I'm working with clients who are in a space where they're not allowing themselves to go through the transformation that is wanting to birth through them is why are you rowing against the current? Why are you rowing against the current? You're creating resistance within yourself. Let go and let the current take you. Trust in your cycles. But if we reflect back on like my my journey it started in university. I was, as we talked about before, like I was studying accounting and finance. Like I thought that was the path for me. And it's really funny too, because I even looked at a journal yesterday that I had after university that was like, I'm fashion school. I'm going to be a stylist. And I laughed like that was still me writing goals from my mind, not from my heart, because I didn't know myself back then. I didn't truly know myself. I knew who I thought I had to be, but not who I truly was. That is so powerful. I never thought of, yeah, there are different types of goals. Sometimes we do write more so from our minds and what we think we want, but what is our heart truly telling us? What What is our heart trying to guide us towards? That is, that's so profound. Yeah. And a lot of us are not, I don't say not connected to our hearts, but in order to be deeply connected to yourself, it's through feeling. And a lot of us have shut that off. A lot of us are afraid to feel. To, afraid to be vulnerable, afraid to really get to the depth of what we want, almost as though we're not deserving of it or it's not possible. We talked about too, like the idea of freedom. What is freedom? Freedom's a state of mind. You're only as limited as you believe yourself to be. Can we talk about where you said that you thought you were trapped until you realized the walls surrounding you were built from your own limiting beliefs? I think a lot of us, you know, in in 2020 or even before then, we felt like we were trapped. There was no way out. This is my life. It's just one bad event after the next. And these are the cards that I was dealt with. But again, this is your mind telling you that. But is it truly true? Is, Is that what you're really going through? Or are we our own worst enemy at times? But I, I love how you you talked about that, about just, you know, you thought you were trapped until you realized the wall surrounding you were actually your own limiting beliefs. Yeah. And that essentially goes based off of what I just said before. So I love that segue. You're only as limited as you believe yourself to be. And this is a good way for me to kind of explain my journey a little bit to show because you can want something and you can believe that you deserve it. But are you taking the steps to align to that thing? It's like if you're focused on the problems in your life, what are you going to attract? 
you're going to attract more problems. But when a problem occurs in your life and you take a step back and you say, okay, I'm feeling X, Y, Z, but what I want to feel is more love, more harmony, more abundance. So what do I need to do to step into that? So the reason why we keep repeating cycles or we keep attracting problems is because we're stuck in that mind frame of there's so many problems. This keeps happening to me, the victim mindset, as opposed to, okay, this happened to me and feeling the emotions. Cause like, I'm not someone who bypasses anything. If you are angry, you're allowed to be angry. If you're sad, you're allowed to be sad. Feel it, let it move through you, but don't become stuck in it. It's not who you are. It's just an emotion moving through you. Anytime I'm in a very low space, I like to visualize like a rain cloud over my head. Like today there's a rain cloud over my head, but the sun is inevitably going to rise again. And I need to allow myself to move through the emotions, whether that's through my breath, through journaling, through movement, putting my feet on the earth, anything and everything that brings me back to center. And what I always like to say to people, when you're in this space of high emotions or intense emotions or feeling really like defeated and hopeless, what are the things that you love? What are the things that bring you true bliss? And if you don't know the answer to that question, think back to your inner child, ask your parents, what did I do as a kid? Those are the things that you love. Getting back to that childlike behavior is our natural essence. If we have disconnected from that space, we don't know what pure joy is anymore. So how do we get back? We get back to the things that we know bring us happiness. Like, for example, for me, like getting an iced coffee on a sunny day is like something that brings me so much happiness. Like, Same. I love it. Like, yes. <laughs> I don't love coffee that much, but I love a good iced coffee when the sun is shining and rolling down my windows and singing in my car. That will shift me very quickly. And it's not about in those states going from being, for example, in a state of pain to a state of happiness. It's just about shifting to neutrality so you can see the lesson and you can see what you're experiencing from a new angle. Instead of saying, why is this happening to me? How is this serving me? What is this showing me? What is this wanting me to see? Because at the end of the day, your your emotions are gateways if we allow them to be. But again, that goes back to mindset, right? Moving from I'm a victim to I'm actually the creator of this because I wouldn't be attracting this if there wasn't an energetic match in my energetic field, going back to everything is energy. And of course, like we don't, we can't control the cards that were dealt and the experiences that occur, especially in childhood, but we can choose how to play those cards. We can choose how we show up. Everything is an opportunity for expansion. So are we going to allow this to expand us or are we going to continue to repeat cycles? You hear this often and I love it because it's so true. Evolving requires eliminating, whether that be your own mindset, your own beliefs, your own thoughts, people, environments, whatever it is, it requires elimination. But a lot of us have a hard time releasing and eliminating because we have put our worth into these things. So we feel that when we let go of something, when we release something, we're losing pieces of ourselves. But no. We're losing what is no longer serving us in order to step more into who we are, to then attract more of what we are. Every loss is honestly a gain. And I think through experience and through life, you realize that it's not even your age. It's honestly through what you have experienced. I know people say with age comes maturity. I, I don't believe in that. I believe it's with experience comes maturity with, with the things that you've been dealt with and how you've handled it. And I, I love how you talked about our goals and we have to find ways 
to stop ourselves from basically getting distracted by things that have nothing to do with our goals. I think sometimes our goals seem unattainable or like you said, they may seem like they're 10 miles away, but you have to realize what is what is standing between you and your goals. I think that those are the things that we have to truly eliminate and assess and look into. And yeah, just the limiting beliefs. I think a lot of us think that, you know, we're honestly scared to go after our dreams and our passions and we're sitting on top of our talents because I think a lot of times we're just, you know, we'd rather not get what we want because we feel like we're not capable of it. And it's it's back to that mindset of thinking that you're not enough, but who told you you're not enough? If you were created and every day that God has woken you up and, and there's a purpose behind everything that God has done, so you're telling me that you are not enough, even though you are a creation of God, that's something that, you know, I'm trying to instill in my mind every single day where I feel like I'm not enough. I want to talk about our insecurities. I think that's something that can truly paralyze us. I think all of us deal with insecurities from time to time. I don't know if insecurities are something that are completely removed from our life. I think it's something that, you know, we're always going to have to work on. But how do we not allow someone's perception of us to control us? And I think it goes back to what we can and can't control, that idea. But I think insecurities are, is something that I think we're all struggling with, especially in a world where we're all of us are on social media for the most part. So I feel like there's a lot of comparing and contrasting. And I do want to talk about how we can overcome this, how we can be a little bit more confident in ourselves. How can we choose to love ourselves and love everything about us? Because even our own flaws, I mean, that's what defines us. Um, if you want to even consider them flaws, to be honest. Yeah, I was just thinking about how when we recognize the qualities about ourselves that we loved. And then we recognize the qualities like our faults, our flaws. How can you use that for you as opposed to against you? Because when you put your good qualities against your flaws, you recognize there's a cause and effect or an effect and a cause. So an example I can put is like, I used to be really self-conscious and insecure about my body. Back in the day, like my intent for working out was to feel better in my body, but to look good. Like that was what I wanted. So I would go to the gym. That was my intent. I want to have this body. I want to feel better in my body. I want to look good. I want to look sexy, whatever it might be. So I worked out and that was my intent and that was my motivation and that was my why. Once I started doing all that, like I felt really good in my body and I said, I feel good in my body, but I still had insecurities right? It didn't mask my insecurities and get rid of my insecurities. They were still there. And now, nowadays, if I'm not working out, if I'm not moving my body, if I'm not caring for my body, I don't feel good, right? So that is one act that helps me feel good. It helps me feel in my body, feel good about myself. And it's not about how I look anymore, but it's like how I feel within myself. So that one insecurity that I had about my body has now brought me an action that I can take to feel better within myself without it being how other people are perceiving me. And when we fixate on how other people are perceiving us, that's us, again, not loving ourselves fully. Because when we truly, truly and deeply love ourselves, anything outside of us, right, other people's opinions of us wouldn't sway us. Because you know yourself so well, and you love yourself so deeply, that what other people have to say about you or to you doesn't concern you. Your only responsibility is to show up in your heart space. 
right? How do you feel about each person that we encounter, each person that's in our lives is a version of ourselves? Do you believe that statement holds some truth or is it that sometimes we can't control who's in our life? What, what are your thoughts about that? I believe that every person in our life mirrors something to us in some way. Everything is a reflection of us in some way or some form. It could be your future self, right? Someone like comes in and shows you all these beautiful things and you you love this person for their charisma, their compassion, their beauty, whatever it might be, like their energy. And you're like, I love that about that person. That's you recognizing parts of yourself that you love too, that you haven't yet allowed yourself to step into. Sometimes I'll notice, for example, for myself, myself getting triggered by people. And sometimes I'm recognizing, oh, I'm getting triggered because this is how I used to be. So how can I give compassion to that person? Because in me giving compassion to that person, I'm giving compassion to past versions of myself. So I do believe that everything and everyone who comes into our reality is reflecting something back to us about ourselves or about where we stand within ourselves and in relation to ourselves. I love that. I I completely love that. I didn't even think of it that way, but it's true. Everything that we encounter in our lives is a reflection of us. I want to talk about relationships and the most important relationship of all. I think we've discussed this so many times on the podcast, but the relationship with yourself, cultivating solitude without needing external stimuli. I think some of us, we really rely heavily on others. And I think for me, I've reached that point where I crave solitude. I can sit alone. I can sit with my thoughts. I'm not fearful of my thoughts or fearful of sitting with myself. And I think that's something that I think it's super beneficial for a lot of people. I think it's super beneficial to have a relationship with yourself because it is the foundation of all relationships in your life. But how can we reach that point, Sarah? How can we be okay with being on our own at times? And I'm not saying to be lonely. I'm not saying that because I don't think you're ever really truly lonely. But how can we reach that point where we don't need external sources to validate our happiness or just, you know, just validate us in general? It's funny because you kind of answered the question within your, (laughs) you did, you really did because you said, I no longer fear. That is it. That that's it. (laughs) That is literally what is stopping us from being within, with ourselves, from looking at ourselves. Honestly, it's the fear of what we might see. We fear. And in that fear, how can you accept yourself? I remember just to throw in an example here, I was working with plant medicine And I was afraid. I was afraid to do it. I wanted to do it alone in ceremony. And I was afraid. And then when I went on on my journey, I realized everything I fear is just me. Everything I fear is just me. So what is it that I'm afraid of within myself? Am I afraid of of my darkness? Am I afraid of my light? Am I afraid of the ugly? What is it that I'm afraid of? And that's the same thing with with solitude. And with being alone is when you are alone and you're not on your phone or eating or distracted by external stimuli, you're there with your mind. And a lot of our minds haven't become a safe space for us. A lot of our minds are heavy and chaotic and and dense, but that's just chatter. That's not who you are. That's just chatter. There's a difference between chatter and thoughts. Chatter is the monkey mind. It's a mind that never stops, just keeps going and keeps going and keeps going. And in order to really allow ourselves to be a witness to what's occurring and recognize that we are not our thoughts is to become the witness of what is occurring. It's to 
recognize I am not my thoughts, but there is a lot that's happening right now. So why don't I just sit here and observe it for a moment? And that can be hard for a lot of people, like the meditational aspects, stepping into that space of the dessert, like of the observer. And it took me some time. It took me a while to like be able to do that. And what worked for me was starting with the physical body. So yoga or working out that first got me into a space of, of a calmer mind. And once I was in a space of calmer mind, then I can sit with myself and be like, okay, what's occurring here? But at the end of the day, like when I was traveling uh, a year ago, I spent a lot of time in solitude. That was the most time I spent alone. And I was met with loneliness. But loneliness is just the absence of, of love and unity. It's believing that you're separate from everything and everyone. Because we are never truly alone. We all have angels and spirit guides and non-physical energies that are supporting us, that are alongside us, that are wanting to connect with us. But how do we do that? It's going to be different for everyone. For me, it was being alone, putting myself in the discomfort to be alone, to sit with myself, even if I was afraid. Because at the end of the day, no matter how evolved someone is, no matter who you are, every single one of us will always experience fear, doubt, insecurities, but it's recognizing it, acknowledging it, but not allowing it to dictate our actions. I always say it takes a courageous person, a courageous soul in order to do this type of work. Inner work is very important, but we can look at everything as an opportunity to expand even the heaviness in our minds. I think even when you go through certain traumatic situations in your life, I think that's when you're able to come face to face with the worst thing that can happen to you. And in a weird way, that can actually strengthen you. That like, I went through this. This is something I never imagined myself going through, but I was able to not only go through it, but I was able to overcome it. And here I am reflecting back on what I went through. I think that's where my fear started to subside. I think that's where I was able to start sitting with myself and being, you know, loving who I am and being okay with every thought that passes through my mind. And like you said, you don't have to hold on to these thoughts, embrace them for a short while, understand where they're coming from, see where they're coming from and let them drift away again. Just the way they came in, they can leave again. And I think that's something that I started practicing is just the idea of sitting down with myself, being okay with being alone. I never wanted to live a life where I had to be attached to others to feel full, to feel whole. I think that that's who I was for the longest. I hated who I was. And I think that was just, that was a, probably the saddest point in my life is when I hated who I was. And I think you should never, never, ever hate who you are. You know, again, we're always a work in progress. We're always learning as we go along this journey and whatnot. And there's certain things or certain people that come into your life for a reason. And it's, you know, sometimes I, I struggle with the idea of regret. And I'm like, do I really have any regrets? Because everything that has happened to me happened to me for a reason. And it's made me who I am. And as cheesy and cliche as that sounds, but it's like, I love the person I am today. I can look at this woman in the mirror and be okay with her and not look away and look down and, you know, kind of almost avoid myself, which sounds so silly. It's like, how can you avoid yourself? You are who you are. You live with yourself. You live with your thoughts. This is who you are. You can't run away from yourself. And I think that's the most important work that you can do is to just be a bit more compassionate and be a bit more kind. I think in this life, majority of us, maybe not, I don't want to speak on behalf of everyone, but I felt like for the longest, I've always tried to chase happiness. 
And here I am chasing something that, I mean, can I even define it? What is happiness? How can I define happiness if I can't even define who I am, if I can't even define my own wants and needs? And if I can't sit down with myself and realize what it is that I want and need, what does it mean to chase happiness? What is happiness for you, Sarah? Like, how do you define it? And, you know, how can we learn to appreciate happiness even in our darkest times? Because we're always going to have to embrace our dark moments. You know, like I said, life is full of hardships and that's just, that's what really strengthens you. And that, you know, that's where our courage comes from. But when it comes to happiness, how do you define it personally? And what do you think stands between us and just being happy? Beautiful. I'm going to come back to this question that I wanted to just touch upon because you said like when you go through a traumatic experience, or you go through a really dark experience, a lot of us fear darkness. And when we do have a traumatic experience, especially when it's like our bodies as well, when it's like abuse or like anything like that, we disassociate, we disassociate because it becomes too painful. Right. And then we also disassociate and distract ourselves through the external stimuli to not be within our bodies, to not be present with what is occurring because it's too painful. Right. It hurts. It's this, it's that. But what's on the other side? Right. What's within? Really, it's the light. It's the liberation. And what I like to always give examples to is if you look at everything in the universe, everything births from darkness, a seed in the soil, the stars in the sky a child in the womb, everything is birthed through those places. When we look at our darkness as equal to our light, that's when transformation can begin because one cannot exist without the other. I always like to say like when your heart is broken, that's a portal that's opening, like a heartbreak, a breakup, anything that is like a heartache is a break free. You're opening up that portal. But a lot of us, we really attach to the experiences, which at the end of the day, we are humans and we are experiencing it. But goes back from, are we viewing this as positive or negative or an opportunity to somehow expand knowing that it is here for your expansion? And you spoke about that beautifully is I recognize that, wow, that happened for me to be able to be who I am today, right? And to continue to evolve from that space. And that brings me into like, what is happiness? Everyone's going to define happiness differently. For me, I don't chase happiness because happiness is like sadness. It's an emotion. And my goal is to find neutrality when I'm really happy and when I'm really sad, to find that neutral space. Because in that neutral space is peace, right? So what I seek is peace. What I seek is how can I find my center in the midst of a storm? When I'm really happy, how can I bring myself down and ground myself back to center? Because again, happiness is not better than sadness. It's just a different expression. But if we look at the two energies, right, happiness is light, it's fluffy, it's, it's airy. Sadness is tangible, it's dense. So it's easier for us to attach to that because it's more tangible than air. It's like trying to grab air. You can't grab air, but you can grab the ground, grab dirt. So as humans, it's easier to attach to the dirt than it is to attach to air. But what breathes through us? What's our life force? It's air. It's light. It's energy. Everything. I absolutely love that. That's the common misconception. We think that we're meant to live this life to chase happiness because that's what makes us feel whole. That's what, you know, like you said, it's an emotion. And I never thought of it that way. Rather than chasing happiness, rather than chasing this high, this temporary high, because just like sadness and every other emotion, it's temporary. Rather, you should find yourself at that neutral, peaceful point in life because just because you're chasing happiness doesn't mean sadness isn't going to catch up to you too. It doesn't mean you can run away from sadness. It's going to happen to you. So 
you're, you, it's always going to be a fight if you're choosing to chase one emotion over the other. It's, you know, we're not built for that. That's not the way we're supposed to live our lives. You know, I want to end this with talking about just how interesting, how life works unexpectedly. You know, we were talking over, over the phone and you were saying that, you know, just out of nowhere now you're going to Bali. It's so interesting to just like not have anything planned, not to have a certain thing planned. And yet it's planned for you. Things are always planned for you, regardless if you were planning for it or not. Things are always planned for you. And I think this was such a beautiful conversation. And I do want to talk about your your upcoming trip and just what's your word for the new year? You you actually brought it up in the beginning of the episode and you said it was freedom. For me, like I stopped with New Year's resolutions and now I'm actually choosing a word to manifest for the upcoming year. For the last year was mindfulness. And I felt like, wow, how fitting it was for the year 2020. Just being more mindful of yourself, being more mindful of others, be mindful of what you have, what we take for granted, what we should be more grateful for. In general, just being mindful of the world and how it works and how we're all, no matter what, how we're connected, even through darkness, even through this virus, we somehow found a way to all connect with one another from all over the world. This is the first time I see something that was able to affect every single person from different parts of the world. It was just so interesting to me. So I think mindfulness was just the perfect word. And honestly, unbeknownst to me, I didn't know that 2020 was going to be this type of year. So for me, for the next year, my word is for this year, for 2021 is transparency. And from transparency, you said freedom. And I want to talk about that. But first, let's talk about your trip to Bali and just being more fluid, going with the flow, because this isn't something you planned for. Yeah, they're honestly hand in hand. So it's beautiful that you mentioned them both. You asked me before about like what started your rebirth. And I was reflecting on that today, actually. I love how everything is super aligned because it always is. Nothing is a coincidence. I don't believe in coincidences. But a couple of years ago, I started to realize and ask myself those questions like, why am I here? There has to be more to life than this. I started to realize that I wasn't resonating with the way that society was built, that I had to work in, to live instead of living. And I said to myself, I believe there is another way and I'm going to dedicate myself to finding it. And when I first went to Bali a year, a year and a half ago, I saw a different life and it showed me that this is possible and I have not stopped since. And for me, freedom is living life on my own terms. Freedom is doing the things that I love every day. Freedom is being myself. And that's my word because within myself, I feel very free. And I want my physical world to reflect that. I want my environment to reflect that. When I think about that, it's what are the things that you love, Sarah? You love the water. You love, it's all nature. All the things I love are nature. You love the sunshine. You love flowers, smelling flowers. I used to do that as a kid all the time. I would pick the daisies and like, the dandy, even the dandelions, I would smell them. Like that's something that I really love. I love adventure. My soul is very, it's, it's very, it loves to wander. And once I recognized that it wasn't just an ego thing, that it wasn't just like, I want to be in the sun. Cause like, we all love the sun. We all love the ocean. I want to be in these environments. Once I realized like, no, like I'm actually my best self in those environments. I thrive in those environments. When I look back now, everything in my life is kind of coming full circle It's like I left for Bali, had this huge transformation, and now I'm going back. And everything that I learned when I was out there, I came back to my home, my home to integrate all of that, to eliminate what needed to be removed from my life, to 
take all the lessons that I've learned and to really apply them because that's how we grow. It's we can sit in meditation all we want. Mm -hmm. We can journal all we want, but it's about making those choices, those conscious choices in real time that allow us to really shift and to transform. And for me, because I, everything is kind of now coming full circle within this conversation as well, taking the time to work with my beliefs, to rewire my thought patterns, to recreate my mind, to spending time alone. All of these things have given me and opened up access to my inner guidance, which is my intuition, which we all have, right? We are all superhumans if we allow ourselves to tap into that. But before we tap into that, we got to dive through, excuse my language, but the bullshit yeah. that we are holding as our identity, the lack of self-worth, the not feeling enough comes from a lack of self-worth, not believing that you are capable, that you are possible. You are more than capable. You are more than everything. Like we live in a limitless, infinite universe. But do you believe that? Because if you don't, then that shows you your reality, right? For me going to Bali, it was, it was I knew like for the past six months, I knew like, I was like, I feel like a shit, a change in my environment is happening. I want to be back on the island. Like I was feeling all that. And in my mind, it was Costa Rica. I thought it was Costa Rica. I'll go learn from the herb. I'll do all this stuff. And then something just shifted. And I just felt the call back to Bali. And it, it made sense. I can live there inexpensively. It's an environment that I love that feels safe. That feels like home for me. I've been there before. I have a connection to the land there. Like I remember last time when I was getting off the plane going to Bali, like I heard like spirit said to me, like, welcome home. So it's like that, that remembrance of the land. And honestly, like I'm not in a space financially where I was the last time I left. Cause last time I left, I was, I was, had a really good job. I was working for this time, you know, the state of the world this year, it's been a little upside down, but there's just, I just keep hearing like unwavering trust. Right. So it's like, I felt this intuitive guidance and anything that comes through spirit, it's like inspiration to do something. As soon as you go into radical thought, as soon as you go into the mind of how is this going to work, all this stuff, is blah, 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 you're not going to do it. Right. Yeah. It's going to stop you from doing it because that's the resistance and resistance wants to keep you from doing the things that you know are going to best serve your soul and your evolution. That's what resistance is here for, because anything that is really calling you, you're going to feel so much resistance. And that's how you know that you got to do the thing. You got to do the thing. And that's the space that I'm in right now is a lot of people probably around me, family, probably like, what is she doing? Like, we're in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> but the call, the call to go was louder than the fear. That's not to say I haven't had fear come up. Of course I have. Fear is always coming up every day, but it's recognizing like, okay, yeah, I see you, but I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep focusing on what I want to see happen, what I want. And of course, what we want to see happen isn't always what does happen, <laughs> but we have to trust that there's always a greater power that is guiding us and that is showing us the way. But the main thing is, is we have to trust. And how do we trust? We have to trust ourselves. We can't trust in a higher power if we don't trust ourselves. And we can't trust in ourselves if we don't trust in a higher power. When you're talking about even just your calling and why there's resistance and there's fear, because this calling is taking you to a different version of yourself. And sometimes we have even envisioned that version of ourselves. So that's where a lot of the fear lies. It just goes back to how we envision ourselves, just believing in ourselves. And I think, you know, I've always said this expectation is our worst enemy, just even having any expectations at all from societal standards about where you should be at this point in your life to, you know, just how we limit ourselves when we are working on a project 
project or a business like we started this conversation with. It's expectations that can truly be our worst enemy. And I think expectations are almost kind of what fuels the fears and and, and whatnot. But I think it's, it's powerful. And sometimes our calling doesn't make sense to those around us. It only makes sense to us because it's only made for us. It's very unique for us. And that's why it doesn't make sense to those surrounding us. But I think that's why it's so important to have people that surround you, that only motivate you, that uplift you and that empower you. Because these are people that can also feed your resistance if they were the type to hinder you. So I think everything, just this whole conversation, honestly, went full circle. And I can't thank you enough for this. It was such a calming conversation. And I couldn't think of a better person to just start this new season with. And I really want to start it with a fresh chapter and not just a fresh chapter, but of a reminder of who we each are and the power that we hold and how all the answers that we're looking for are honestly within ourselves. I think a lot of times we're looking for all the answers outside of ourselves and that's why we always fall short and that's why we always, we dwell in despair and and, and it's hard for us to become who we wanna be if we're always looking outside of ourselves. It's the answers are always within ourselves. Everything, the growth process, the journey, everything is within ourselves and just believing in yourself. I think this is the most important thing and knowing that you are capable of not what what's only in your mind, but you're even capable of so much more. You There's just so much power that you hold. And I, I truly hope that this is a year that's going to you know, manifest, obviously it's going to manifest differently for every single person, but I really hope that it's a year filled with abundance. I think everybody truly in this world is very deserving of happiness and the success that we all deserve. But I can't thank you enough, Sarah. And if you can just quickly, briefly talk about what it is that you do and can people reach out to you if they really do want to talk to you about this stuff? Because I think it's incredible. I think even just in this short time, it's only an hour that we've spoken, but I've just learned so much about you and just even about myself in the process too. Yeah. I wanted to just add a little like exercise that people can do as they navigate, you know, times to come, but noticing how you feel around certain people or when certain thoughts arise. So if you have a thought that is like, you can't do this, you're going to notice your body contract. You're going to notice yourself maybe feeling a little anxious. You're going to notice a shift in your energy. And that shows you that that thought is not in alignment with your truth. So noticing that subtle shift can bring you into that space of, I'm going to take my power back from there and I'm going to choose a new belief and a new thought that I am worthy, right? It's the same thing when you, when you hang with a friend, right? And you leave feeling sad or you leave feeling like less than, or you feel small. That is showing you that this person is no longer resonating with you. Not saying that they're bad, just no longer in resonance. So I encourage those listening to really pay attention to how you feel and what is moving through your mind in every moment, because that will tell you what is in alignment and what is not, because everything that is in alignment will make you feel fulfilled. It'll make you feel good. Again, that doesn't mean you're not going to have some hardships, but it'll show you this is serving me and this isn't. And then it's up to you to take the action to course correct, no matter how hard it might be. I used to always say, you can, you can stay and you'll keep hurting or you can make a change and you're, you'll hurt, but then you'll heal. The choice is yours. So essentially, it's really interesting that you asked that because I feel like I'm, I'm moving through different changes with the work that I do. And that's something I knew from the beginning is as I evolve, so will 
my services, so will what I do. But I am an intuitive healer. So I do energy readings and energy healings. But I'm now stepping into uh, a more of a teacher role. So I'm moving into more coaching, which I have a lot of resistance saying that word, which shows you again, that is where my soul is guiding me. So I have been I've been coaching. And it's all about embodying your highest self and stepping fully into your potential and working through basically everything that we talked about, working through thoughts, working through patterns, working through recognizing your goals. Actually, everything that we have talked about in this conversation basically sums up the work yeah. <laughs> that I do. Yeah, The experience is different for every single person that I connect with because everyone is unique yes. and everyone has unique offerings to bring to the world. Everyone does. Everyone is extraordinary. It's just about finding where that lies within them. And that's the work that I help people do. I had a friend of mine yesterday say to me, you have this ability to bring love into the spaces that feel hopeless, to bring power and courage in the spaces that feel defeated. You have this ability to just shift from one state into truth, which is we are infinite, magical, mystical, spiritual beings here to remember our true power and to step into our superhuman. I love that. That's such a powerful note to end this conversation on. And I just love how open and honest you are. And I, and I think you, you do embody the word that you've chosen, which is freedom. I think just the freedom to express yourself and to be who you are at your core and not to stop yourself from becoming what it really wants to become and stop yourself from your calling. And I think it's incredible how everything has panned out for you. And I can't wait to just follow you on your journey to Bali. And I think it's so interesting and so incredible to just, you know, witness people following their passions. I think that's the most powerful thing is just seeing women. And that's what I've met so many women through this podcast, through this platform and how they're just chasing their passions. And I don't want to actually say chasing their passions, but I think they're finding that meeting point. They're, they finally are coming face to face with their passions and, and they're going after them. And I think it's incredible. And I think that's what I would love to see more of. And I can't thank you enough for this conversation. I know it's going to help so many women out there. I think this was a very calming and very chill, relaxed episode. And I absolutely loved it. And I hope to have you on again. Um, I think these are just great check-ins that we need to have with ourselves. And I think this was a perfect conversation, like I said, to start the year. But thank you so much, Sarah, for lending your time, lending your wisdom and just being so kind with all the knowledge that you hold and just for sharing it with the rest of us. Thank you so much for having me. If I can say one last thing, start with focusing on the things that bring you ultimate joy within yourself, the things that really ignite the flame within your heart. And from there, follow your passions. And from there, your purpose will find you. You do not need to seek. You don't need to search. It will find you. And the only thing that you need to do is to follow your highest excitement, follow your passions, follow your joy. Do not force, allow yourself to flow. I love that. Thank you so much, Sarah. No problem. Thank you so much. (laughs) 